Wow, Magic fans, what an unbelievable Magic Pod Squad coming your way here today. Former Magic player, part of the Orlando Magic Heart and Hustle team, Tariq Abdul-Wahad joins the show, and it is a good one. And, of course, Magic Pod Squad is brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. They remind you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. We cover everything with Tariq Abdul-Wahad, who is still a big Magic fan and knows a lot about this Orlando Magic team. We go into his time here in Orlando. Of course, 46 games as part of that hard and hustle team and then ultimately traded at the deadline when the Magic brought in Ron Mercer to try to make a playoff push. So we get into all of that. Uh, His time in Sacramento as well, playing with Young phenom Jason Williams. Oh, he had a front row seat to all of that. He truly enjoyed it. And then being the first player who was raised in France playing in the NBA. What a very interesting story uh, he tells on his NBA journey. Terrific conversation with Tariq Abdul-Wahad comes your way right now on Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. It's great to have you with us for another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest, Dante Marcatelli, George Galante. Magic fans are going to be pretty excited about this one because it brings up such great memories of that heart and hustle team. Tariq Abdul-Wahad, kind enough to join us. Six NBA seasons and, of course, uh, spent that memorable one here in Orlando from 99 to 2000. And Tariq, that was my second year in the NBA. And I, I know we haven't spoken in quite some time, but... I didn't show up in the NBA with this white hair. Uh, it's I've gotten a lot older. You have not aged, but I have in the last twenty. No, no, that's not the way this works. <laughs> <laughs> Every, you just don't be fooled by the looks, man. I'm in I'm in pain just like anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great point. You know, you I remember a Donald Foyle saying, "You give your body to the game." You really do. Are, are you are you feeling it? Are you feeling yeah, people, all those years? People have a hard time understanding that, but I mean, since we're since we're little, since we're children, we jump up and down, run up and down, and uh, and the joints. I mean, it takes a toll. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not it's not football, right? But but it's still right. you know when you get in your forties and fifties, it, it can be a little bit brutal. I, I have well, a hard time when I when I see some of the former players that we we've seen over the years and. Just watching the way some of the guys walk, I, it, it yeah. hurts me watching guys. Oh yeah, the mo- most knees are gone, most hips are, are shot. Uh, I had hip surgery about two uh, two years ago. I had a hip resurfacing surgery. I got to wow. get the other hip done. So yeah, it takes it takes a toll. Especially remember back then in the nineties, we didn't know what we know now. Like right. we really didn't know what we know now. Um, a lot of players were lifting too much weights. Um, they were too heavy. Um, the, the, the sport science, I mean, really, really, really evolved in the, in the past few years. Well, back then, they'd put some chicken wire on it, right? Just wrap it up and get send you back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know that, that, little, that heat pack they gave you? Like that heat pack they got out of the, the metal <laughs> thing? Like you put that yes. on you ready to go, dude. No warm-up, no nothing. You just oh my goodness. off the bench, you're ready to go. That's amazing. Well, Tariq, it's great to catch up with you. It's been a while since since we've been able to chat with you, but let everyone know what you're up to. Let let Magic fans 
get, get them all caught up and let them know where you're at and, and what you've been up to the last well, few Well, nothing years. much. I mean, I'm a, I'm a retired uh, basketball player. So whatever that means, you know, a lot of <laughs> hanging out, a lot of taking care of your family, a lot mm-hmm. of um, I'm still in sports. Uh, my kids play tennis. So they're older now, but they're, they're playing tennis on the minor league tour. We have a little organization we organize uh we organize tennis tournaments we have a little like a, a little training center so no i mean busy, oh, great. Busy, yeah busy with busy with sports uh i was more involved in basketballs a few years in basketball a few years ago right but after uh, i was coaching girls like i had a training program for girls but most of my girls all went on to play in college and so so now they're like junior junior sophomores in college so I, I kind of stopped the program because my class I had a group of like eight ten girls and they all made it so I mean most of them made it so so I just moved on to work in tennis a little bit um yeah that's about it was that a passion of yours did you did you play tennis or how, how did no you, no did you... no so my kid my kids played my my uh my daughter was playing basketball at first and then my wife told her that she needed to be in a sport that's a little bit more feminine. She didn't want her to be playing basketball for some reason. So she got into okay. tennis and she got decent. She played college and then she went pro and her younger brother also uh, always wanted to play tennis. So he's 19 now and he's also working, uh, working his way up on the circuit. So they, I mean, it's, it's a hard sport. Tennis is really sure. hard. It's really, really hard. Um, you eat what you kill. There's no first round draft pick. There's no guaranteed yeah. money. You got to That's work right. at it and it takes a long time to be good and if you're not you know if you're not good super good early you really have to grind so with their dad being a pro athlete like mm-hmm. what what kind of advice do you do you lend to them obviously you didn't play tennis yeah. but what you know what what can they lean on with with you being a pro athlete yeah stretch, stretch and drink a lot of water I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I don't I don't mean to be funny but sure that's sure. that's important and then and then the mentality you have to have. I mean, the mindset has to be, um, it has to be about trying, trying your best, trying your hardest. Uh, never being, you can't be satisfied. Got to work hard. It's not an easy. Uh, it's weird because, in the mind of uh, of of normies, regular people, they think that it's easy for athletes. You know. When you're very good at what you do, it looks easy, right? Right, sure. So, right. so, so they think that being an athlete is actually it must be easy. Not only it's not easy, but it's actually very taxing on the mind, taxing on the body. And I'm not trying to be here to you know. I mean, we love Vlade Divac one one time told me, um, "I can't believe these people are paying us millions to do something that we would do for free." Right? That's a great point. We would right. do this for free. We love to play sure. the game anyway, right? But it's not as easy as it seems. It really isn't. Well, then how much do you appreciate it? And we'll go back because, we, you know, we, we obviously want to get into your journey and all that. But I guess just to, to kind of follow up on that, how much do you appreciate? You know, we, we look around our team right now, okay? So you think about when you were here in 99, 2000. Uh, there's there's a sports psychologist. There's sports scientists. You have built-in rest days, right? Uh, you have lockout days where you don't practice as much. We we have physical therapists that help with the rehab part of things. I mean, how, how much do you appreciate the evolution of the sport? Understanding that all those things that you mentioned weren't available to you, but they are now. And, and yeah, no, they were that... available, but not to not to that extent. Obviously, not to right? that extent. But right. you gotta you gotta. I mean, it's good for them. 
good for them. Um, I wish the Magic would play a little bit more team defense. <laughs> yeah. With all of that go. treatment and all of these massages <laughs> and all of these, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. We score a lot, but we give up a lot. We give up a lot. So you watch, so, you're still, you still follow and all that. That's great. Come on, man. Seriously, like, yeah. I mean, the teams I played for, yeah, the other teams I sure. okay. But yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I watch a little bit. Uh, but but especially what's fun about the magic is that it's a young team. Mm -hmm. And it's a young team that has a lot of upside. You don't beat Boston twice back to back like this three weeks right. ago. You don't have upside. So now I mean, Coach Mosley has his work cut out, like Coach Davis used to say, because it's not easy. Like I said, it's right. It's not that easy. Like, yeah, you can have, you know, six, seven guys, six, seven guys score double figures. But it's a whole nother thing in this day and age, in this game now, the way the game is refereed and the way it's played to hold the team to 90 points. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen, happen anymore much. Yeah, it's anymore. hard to do. So, and the teams that are successful in the playoffs, because I don't know if you noticed, I mean, obviously you guys noticed, but once we get to the playoffs, now oh, yeah. play, people are playing defense, right? Mm -hmm. And the referees are swallowing whistles, right? Mm -hmm. So the habits you have to build during the regular season, which are the goal is to keep a team to 90 to 95 points, the teams who do that go very deep in the playoffs, very deep. I'm not even talking about where do they qualify to go to the playoffs, but they go very deep. And that's why teams like Boston and teams like Milwaukee and teams like those are going to go far because it's not that they got players that are amazing. Everybody has players that are amazing. It's that they play team defense. I mean, it's, 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 they play team defense. Yeah, that's important. But if this is coming, Dante, from a guy that really hung his hat on the defensive well, end of true. the floor, that too. Like, Tariq, you had a different mentality. You you were the guy, you know, I remember when when we traded, you know, when we got you in 99, you were our stopper. You're like, you were our stopper on the wing, for sure. So you have a different mentality than a lot of, a lot of guys on the defensive end. Well, yeah, but you got to figure the best players in the game, they might not have this mentality all the time, but when push comes to shove, Sure. That mentality comes in quick, right? So even though they're not defensive specialists or they don't say defense is the name of the game of what I want to do, they can score their 25 points. But when it's time to lock up and it's time to rotate, it's time to close out, they do those things. And this is where, this is where Doc, you guys talk about this, this, uh, this team we had in, in 99, 2000. This is where Doc was, a, was an absolute genius in his first year of coaching is that he made us understand how important those little things were. And you want to talk about, I mean, Bo Outlaw, who's still there, right? Bo is sure, there, right. a lot of things with the magic. I mean, come on, Ben Wallace, are you serious? Daryl Armstrong. I mean, we're talking about guys who took this personally, right? They took playing defense personally. Okay, so the NBA world did not know anything about those guys, right? But you did. You were in the locker room, and you that was kind of a, a first opportunity for a lot of those guys. Well, what did you see? Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame now, for God's sake. It's Absolutely. unbelievable, right? I mean, it's you saw that first. You saw that up close and personal. What? When did you know, oh, man, we got something special, and they're projecting us to win 20 games. That's not going to be the case with this. Listen, team. that team, that team, that first of all, Musselman was the assistant coach. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, so 
I'm not talking about just the, the mindset of the players, but the coaches. The coaches were like honest people. Like they were good people, but they were honest people. So when you made a mistake, when you did something wrong, it was said, it was told, it was showed on films, or it was it was explained, right? Mm -hmm. So that team was coached, right? Number one, that team was coached. Number two, that team was coachable. So the players, when they received criticism or they received uh, advice or they received, they actually took it to heart. Like, dude, this is like, we got to do something with this. This information is going to help us. And the guys on that team were extremely good people and smart. Like smart people, like smart. Dolly, yes. Garrity, uh, uh -huh. John Amici. I mean, these guys are smart people, like intelligent, bright, bright young men. And we had no shame in working hard. Like, I mean, you got to think, the 90s, 90s basketball is, there were not a lot of teams like our team. Late 90s, right. early 2000s. Teams, and I was thinking about this the other day. The reason why Doc Rivers, and people tend to forget this, but the reason why Doc Rivers at the beginning of his coaching career coached the way he did is obviously because he was a player for the Knicks under Pat Riley, right? Mm -hmm. And at yep. that time, remember, yeah. Pat Riley was running Miami was running Miami like, you know, Alonzo Morning, and these teams were hard-working teams. And the first week of practice, when Doc said, we're going to be the hardest-working team in Florida, we know what he meant. Yeah. We're like, oh, damn, that's going to hurt. Right? <laughs> we're going to feel this. Right, we're going to feel this one, because you know that three hours away, these dudes are working like, like yeah. dogs, right? Right. So we knew where we stood. But this group of guys, I mean, honestly, that, that was the best experience in my basketball career by far because it was good people coached by good people who wanted the best out of each other and who wanted others to succeed. And, and Doc did a masterful job, masterful job. He got coach of the year. Yes, he did. Yes, he sure did. That was wonderful. Yeah. Well, then how much does it say to, to you guys that you could, when you have that environment, Tariq, right, which is, which is rare, right, to have all of that come together like it did, great people, hard workers, everybody willing to put in the work, when you have to say something to someone, I imagine it's well-received because it's not taken personal and you guys understand you have each other's back. I mean, how important is that trust factor that's during the, an NBA that's, that's the trust of winning teams. This, this mm -hmm. is this, As crazy as it sounds, like people don't understand, that's what makes winning winning at that level. It, that's how you win. It's not. It has nothing to do with X's and O's. It's about, are you going to trust what the coaches are saying? Number two, are you going to play for one another? And are you going to be like, like good people? Not, 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 I'm not talking about the fake thing on the fake. Eh, we celebrate. Nah, 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 nah. All right, that right. came into, <laughs> no, seriously, all that yeah. came into like five, six years later when a college team on ESPN started to cheer for each other and everybody thought, oh yeah, we got it done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuinely caring for one another on and off the court. And that's, I've been on, that's when I know it was a winning team because I've been on other teams where it did not function like that at all. Now, Tariq, I, so you, you talk, I Great mean, point. this is 20, 20 plus years later. You, you, I can still feel the passion you have for that group. And, and I remember when you, when you got traded during that season, I, I remember you were, you were really hurt. I, 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 cause I, I could, I could see it in your face. I could, I could feel it. And I, I just feel your emotion now with that team. So that group really meant a lot to you. 
Yeah, I mean, when when Doc told me in his office, I cried. Yeah. I mean, this is not because this is not. I don't know how to explain this. This is not in a career. You got guys who played for 20 years and who never win, right? Yeah. And you have guys who play for 20 years and who never play on a winning team, right? I sure. played on two winning teams. I got very lucky. I played in Sacramento my second year, which was a winning team. And I played for Orlando, which was a winning team. After that, it was not, you could tell. So you, teams, it's just because you knew you knew what you had absolutely, there. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It, broke, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. It was rough. It was rough. Well, it broke our hearts too, because there was something there. And it, you know, you, you understand, I guess, you know, you're trying to go for, uh, trying to bring in somebody that that might be able to get you over the hump, but it it, it didn't go that way. And, and you guys had some. Did you, was there a feeling for you if you'd have left it intact? I think John Gabriel would say the same thing. I think that's probably no, absolutely. That, that ben, he told me, ben, ben was calling me during the season. What did it? Yeah. Ben was calling me, dude. This dude, we get beat off the dribble. Yes. And I have to go there way quicker and I have to right. go help with, I mean, this dude was a, right. I mean, he's a hall of famer for, he's for exactly. Right? exactly. So his basketball IQ was extremely high, extremely high. And he's like, dude, I'm like a step and a half late and Bo can't rotate. Nah, dude, we miss you, man. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I miss you too. I'm in Denver and there's no, I'm by myself out here. What you talking yeah. about? Help. Right, right. Defense and then guards getting blown by. The dudes yeah. coming in. We getting this. It's the holes all over the place, <laughs> right? So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fascinating. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Well, Tariq, I, I remember Ben Wallace. You know, it was new to us, but I remember we, we on media day. Uh, he was telling everybody that he played baseball and he played shortstop. And I remember asking him, why would you play, you know, six, seven, six, six, why would you play shortstop? And his answer was because everybody told me I couldn't, <laughs> I thought, yeah. man, that's an unbelievable. What were your conversations with Ben Wallace? Like, well, Ben Wallace did not talk a lot. Sure. Sure. No, he's not the talkative guy. Not at all. So I don't even recall. I mean, except for that <laughs> conversation once I was yeah, out, right. I was no longer on the team. Uh, I don't even recall having a long, deep conversation with Ben. I mean, Ben that, was all yeah. about was all about playing. Men of little didn't say much. Practiced hard, sure. um, but but absolute. I mean, an absolute gr a grown man, like a grown man, like the guys like that. I mean. I know he loved to play video games. I know he loved to race his little cars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was not really into any of that stuff. But <laughs> but he was, I mean, you know it. When you have something, when you play with someone that special, you actually know it. You understand it. Even though he didn't score 50 points a game, right? What he brought to a basketball team was just invaluable. Still in touch with anybody from that from that club, Tariq? I I, I send some messages to Daryl sometimes on Instagram, whatever, saying hi, whatever, but not not as much as I not as much as I would like to. I talked to no. Pat. Call me because uh, Pat works for the Pistons, I think, or he worked for the Pistons. He did, he was, yes, he right? Did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He called me one time about a French player they had to see if I could talk to him. That French kid, uh, whatever. So not not yes and no, like. Yes and no, but I, I would love, I would love, I would love to be with those guys again because we're, they. We're gonna they get you. Really, we're gonna get you reconnected with some of those guys. That's for sure. Impacted, for sure. Really impacted. Uh, I mean, I think, I think even they know, right, that this was Absolutely. this was a special, a special time. I did. Uh, I had some contact a few years back with Doc, um, and his secretary or whatnot. But yeah, but then after what? everybody goes their way, you know. <laughs> 
they go yeah. their way. But yeah. part of our alumni network, which we're, we're so thankful that you responded to, is is to get guys reconnected. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're we're certainly going to work on that, and and we're excited to play a small part in that. You mentioned Daryl Armstrong. You go down the list, Tariq. I mean, Monty Williams. Look at what he's doing now as an oh, NBA yeah, head coach. Yeah. God, how did I right? say Monty? What am I doing? But think about, about that, right? Yeah, Another yeah. cerebral player that's yeah. now a fantastic coach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Class and you act. had all you had all those guys willing to run through a wall. I remember Dar- when they missed the playoffs, Tariq, you missed it by one game. Right? And I know you guys had laid, you had laid the groundwork, and I know you didn't get to see it through, which which was tough. But uh, Daryl was in tears, and, and he reunited with Bo three or four years ago, and they did an interview about the heart and hustle year, and Daryl broke down in tears just thinking about that group that you're talking about. I mean, it's unbelievable the impact. I'm not that, surprised. That, I'm not yeah, surprised. That, that, that that made on Daryl. How much did you appreciate? Daryl seemed like a guy that literally left it all on the floor every night. No, he was the heart of the team. I mean, he was, I mean, think about it. We couldn't, (laughs) I mean, except for Daryl going for 25, right? Doliak, Doli coming off the pick. So if it's Daryl coming off the pick and roll on the left side, left-hand side, Amici with a few post moves, Mm -hmm. Bo and and I going for the offensive, Bo, Ben and I going for the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty with Marby West, 10 points a game, barely. Corey yeah. of the bench, Pat of the bench shooting threes. There was no score. There was no, there was no offensive leadership on the team. Yeah, right. Right. So, right. so, so Daryl had to pretty much like do a lot more for his little frame, like do a lot <laughs> more than than he than yeah. he wanted to do, I'm sure. Right. So yes. not only he had to carry the weight offensively. But when you look up and you see the first line of defense is these little shiny ball head dome. How the hell is this dude in the league scorching this dude? He's like a little, like a little, like a little dude, like you know, like some dude from yes, the street, like a little dude yeah. from the street. When you see this and this dude gives everything he has, you give everything you have. Like there's no way that you're gonna let this guy down. No, no way. Like, I mean, honestly. I think Bo, myself, and Ben would not. I mean, even even Mont, Monty was probably thinking the same. You cannot let this guy down. Like, there's no way because he was the leader of the team, and he had so much on his shoulders that, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah well, we I, I think that's. We've been to the I'm, finals, George, in '95 and '08, and people talk yep. about that team. More than any right. other team, right? That 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 we can remember. It, it's it's right. those are the reasons. There's, why. there's no there's no doubt about that. Okay, uh, Tariq, let's take for people that don't know. I mean, people know Evan Fournier, Tony Parker, Rudy Gobert. You were the first. You, you yeah. were the original. You were the original. Yeah. Michael Petrus, we call Air France, but you were the original Air France, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So talk about coming over. What was that like for you? Coming over from France, I, I I don't imagine you knew too many people in the states when you when you came over to college. Um, what what was that like for you as a young kid coming over to to a place that you had ne- may probably never been much before? Well, to to understand why, to understand why my situation was a bit different, you have to understand French basketball. To understand French basketball is to understand that before I left and said I'm going to make it because I said. Because I, I didn't go, I didn't just go. I went and I called it. And this is where I had a lot of, uh, I didn't make many friends by calling it. Because in France, you don't, in sports, you're supposed to be, culturally speaking, a, a, a French athlete is supposed to be 
uh, a French athlete historically is supposed to be a gracious loser. Okay. That's okay. the way, that's the history of until until they started winning in soccer in the 80s they won the European Championship in the 80s the French national team. Uh it's a it's not a culture of winning. It's not a culture of going to the states and saying I'm going to make it to the league. That's what I said, right? Went to the University of Michigan, realized I had no game that I had to learn how to play because I thought uh I'm a good player then I'm like oh no I'm not right so really? uh, so I had to transfer teams so I went to San Jose State to actually work on my game learn how to play the game and I got lucky enough that I had assistant coaches there who really helped me out worked and worked and worked and worked but when I was in France I was not one of those French players who went through the national training system right there's Damn, a training it. center in right France. sure went there Parker sure. went there, uh, Boris Joe went there, they, Turiaf went there. They all went there. The ones who didn't, like Pietrus didn't go there, I didn't go there, Michael didn't go there, I didn't go there. The few ones who didn't go there already did not get the French stamp. So we were not, we were not celebrated because we were not part of their training system, right? You got to yeah, really understand. I got you. Wow. That's very interesting. So not only that, but me, I said I was going to make it and then I made it. And then I told all of them to go sod off because I did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, because I did. No, I'm sorry. But I, no, I understand. I did. Sure. Sure. I did play, however, in the under 19s and under 20 yep. months. So I already knew what kind of mindset French basketball had. And it's not necessarily good. I mean, even, even Fournier could even tell you a few stories when, um, he was training and his dream was to make it to the NBA. And the guy told him the head, the coach of the head, the director of the national basketball, whatever thing over there, told him, dude, you, you ain't going to make it NBA. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. This is Evan told me this story like two years ago on the phone. We were talking about something and he, he told me that I was like, whoa, 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 that's intense. Right. So they are not, it's not a culture of really wanting They want their guys to make it. Do, do you yep. understand what I'm saying? They I do. Sure, I do. 100%. Yes, absolutely. For me, I made it before every, not only I made it, but I made it through the college route, American college route, before anybody made it. I mean, I'm talking, when I say before, I mean like they did not expect me to be a first round draft pick, right? Of course. So that, that left me with a very, to some extent, being my big mouth and also the fact that the history of French basketball with a contentious relationship. However, French basketball is unbelievable. French basketball is unbelievable oh. because the black diaspora from Africa and from the Caribbean is feeding France with talents that other European nations do not have. Right. That's uh, right. When I say talent, I mean, athletic talent and their system of training When you go to that national center where all those kids went, Parker and Fournier and all these guys you see who come from the French national team who come from France, usually will go through that system. They go two a days since they're like 15 Very years young. Old. Like yeah. people don't like, why these guys go? Well, they train more than you, dude. Right. Well, yeah. They train more they, than you. You go to your they, AU tournament. Eh, parents are excited on the side. Yeah, my baby is, my baby's going to the league. No, he's not. <laughs> 
Not only is not, but there's some dude in Slovenia who trains two a day since he was 14. There's a dude yeah. in France who trains two a day since he was 14. There's a dude in right Australia who trains two a day since he was 14. Yeah, yep, that's right. And those dudes are plucked, right? Oh, this uh-huh. guy in this region, he's tall, parents are tall, athletes, plug this one, plug that one. It's like they select who they're going to train, right? That's why world basketball shot up very quickly. Well, think about when you started. I don't know how many international players were in the NBA, but there were over 120 on NBA rosters at the start of this year. And we imagine very soon Victor Wembenyama, who I'm sure you're very familiar with. Oh, did you see that? Oh, stop. stop. I mean, what what do you do with that, Tariq? You're a defensive guy. What do you do with that? I don't even know what to do with Boncaro, which you talk to me about this dude yeah. 10 feet tall. <laughs> That's right. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you can't even deal with a 6'9 guard who's like 245, right? Yeah, yeah. 250, hand- exactly. 250 with handles and high IQ. Can't deal with that. So you think about deal with the seven fours out there shooting one-footed threes, <laughs> like come step back threes from now. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's a testament to what I was yeah. saying. Yep, yeah, right. That's a testament to what I was saying. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, tell, well, tell us about our team, because you got another guy in Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, a couple of guys that kind of went the international route and, and played at Michigan. You're familiar with coached by your former teammate, Jawan Howard, right? So what 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 do you like about the, the, this Magic team here? That team is good. That team is young. That team is good. But there's too much. Okay. It, 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 it's going to be too honest, because I think I think the coach, the coach is onto something, right? Obviously. They can score. Right. Mm-hmm. But OK, so the thing is, this the problem is this either Banquero and Wagner go for 30 each and you win. Mm-hmm. Right. Or or. You get more physical. You shorten maybe maybe like because there's too many guys scoring points like it's weird to me, like there's guys that should be sacrificing uh, the points uh, for more defense and more hustle and more knocks in the face. Like, literally, like, like it's too easy sometimes, it seems like. The yeah. other team gets too... I mean, I'm looking at the Wizards game to like three days ago, five days ago, and these fools are just don't, curling and just going in the lane, like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, yeah. Man, you got knocks, you got knocks, like Charles Oakley, man, you got knocks somebody on their booty, man, you got knock someone down. Right? It's a different mentality. Yeah, it's that's a different what, mentality so, now. So, so, so there, I think there's a lack of physicality, right? But it's tricky because the ones who are physical are offensively physical, but not defensively physical, right? So it's tricky. It's a tricky team. Like the way the team is built is weird to some extent, right? Ball, uh, ball, 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 ball is is ball, ball needs to play. Yes, he needs to take care of himself, but he needs to play. It's, just, it's just like I'm looking at it like, what's going on here? I don't understand. It's different. It's different. It's just different when he plays. Seems yes, it is. Right. But team defense has to get better. Rebounding has to get better. And we have, and I think the team has to be more physical. I mean, that's that. That's my take from what I've seen. But that, but that can come, right? You got a bunch. Of, it's the third youngest team in the NBA. That they can matter. learn that, right? They you can saw learn them that. win. You saw them win like eight in a row last month. Yeah. Yeah. Seven in a row. What was it? 
Six, six, six in a row. Six yeah. in a row. Eight, and of, nine. Eight of nine. Eight of nine. Yeah, and they, they beat teams, right? They beat mm-hmm. legit yeah. teams. So the idea is you never want to be, you never want to lose too many in a row and win too many in a row. You kind of want to win, lose, win, lose. Yes. That's how you kind of have to build it. But it's not that easy, right? And it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, it takes time, unfortunately. But I'm happy for Marco Fultz. I'm very happy for him because this guy, I mean, this, I'm happy for him. I hope I. I hope he keeps on playing the way he's been playing, uh, scoring in double figures and whatnot. Um, but yeah, but I think the coach is right. The, the staff is right. It's the right people. I, I think it's the right group, but maybe three, two players out, two players in, just to add more, more physicality. But I don't know who those players would be. Sure. But I, but I wouldn't touch Bol Bol. I wouldn't touch Banquero. I wouldn't touch Wagner. And I wouldn't touch Market Fultz. Those four, I think, those four are important players for this team. Well, I love it. Well, they're going to have – I love the passion. Look at the, George. Hey, remember this Dante, I'm, sho- I'm shocked that Tariq follows the magic this close. I, I really yes. am. I, no, you got to – I don't – you got to – like, those teams, you want them to do good, right? Sure, I'm only playing sure. for 14. It's not like – I don't well, follow the- Denver. I don't hope Denver wins like that in this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can give a toss about Denver. I don't care about no Denver Nuggets. I tell you well, then what thing. about Sacramento and Dallas? Yeah, I mean, Sacramento. I go. I go to the games. Sometimes. Do you? You go to the games yeah, in Sacramento? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And not okay, all the time, but you know, once in the blue moon every three months, I, I try to. I call, make a phone call, try to get tickets. Could you have imagined when you played that there would eventually be a guy like Luka Doncic? Could you have foreseen yeah. that there would be a guy you you felt yeah, that could, could happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. Luka Doncic is just Peja Stojakovic without him breaking Ooh. his leg when he was early, when he was younger. If Peja didn't break his leg when he was like 19 and the system ran through him, he would have been like Luka Doncic. I mean, it's not like that. That's listen, a great you know, point. That's like, a great I, point. We, European basketball is European basketball. Guys like that, we see them. They're there. I mean, I, I, they're there. The only difference is Luka Doncic gets the ball every time, shoots the ball every time. They give mm-hmm. him, everything runs through him. And right. that might be a problem. Because at some point, like I said, it's nice and easy when nobody's playing defense. But when the playoff comes around and you actually have to not only score, but you got a guard, it can't, not everything can go through you. So it might become a little bit challenging towards the end of the season to do exactly what he's doing now. I'm not talking about him scoring points. But I'm talking about can he make his team win when the level, the levels go up three, four notches? No, you're right. I think that's very, uh, it's very interesting. It's very astute, and that's uh, that, that's what we're seeing. I got to tell you this. So you mentioned your your kids and playing tennis. My daughters play softball. Um, so I there's a former Magic player whose daughter is very good at softball and is committed to Florida, and she's going to play. And it's Jason Williams, and he gave me some gear for my daughters. All right. So Jay will, you had a front row seat to Jay, Jay will show in Sacramento. So we pulled up some highlights and my daughters are sitting there watching Jay will right in his prime. What did you appreciate about being, being with him, Chris Weber, that, that team in Sacramento? No, this guy had a love for the game. That was not, as not normal. Like it was not normal. Like he was an enthusiast. He had an enthusiasm for the game. Like, you know, some people, yes, like, yes. when you get to the NBA, you have to work to get there, right? 
And some players, when they get there, they really, like, they don't like the game. Like, dude, it's hard. Like, it's hard. It was hard yeah. to get there, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to keep what I can keep and and be sit. This dude had no, he, he just said, he was playing the game. <laughs> like, literally, he was playing basketball. When, when uh, half of us were working at the game, who's playing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. That's, That's very a great good description, point. right? Right, There's right. no, like, I'm in the middle of a game. The dude, we're in a fast break, three and one fast break. This dude pulling up from 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 10 feet behind the three-point line. I'm like, like what uh, kind of, how do you do that? Like, how uh, do you do that? Because he's yeah. at the park, Tariq, right? Like, because he's no. at the park. Everybody else is Dude, working. He's at the park. You at the park. You do that. You get. You get. You get. You got problems. You do that at the park. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like at the park, you got an old hand to go. Oh, kid, what you doing? Right. This dude was, and and you didn't even feel bad when he missed it. Yeah. Right. Right. Because because the excitement was contagious. Right. Yeah. So, so, okay, think about it right now. Think about it. You see how Steph Curry, how when Golden State goes on a run and they start shooting from anywhere and it yeah. goes in, right? Yep. And when it doesn't go in, no one cares. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, was, that, was, that was him. That was him. Obviously, he was not as good as a shooter as right? Sure, as sure. Golden State. But that's the idea behind it. You're going to shoot, you're going to shoot seven of them. You're going to miss six of them. You still made seven threes. Yeah, right, 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 right. The risk reward. I mean, if it if it misses, okay, but if it makes it, it tears the it, it blows the roof off the place. I mean, blows it was, the game it was, wide open. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know. I agree. Well, Tariq, this was awesome. I, we could do this forever. Uh, we got to make listen. Sure we anybody that doesn't know about the '99 Heart and Hustle team can listen yes. to this for 20 minutes and realize why that team was successful because exactly. they all had the passion that Tariq Abdul Wahed had. They all felt the same drive. This is this has been awesome. This has been really good, Terry. Uh, nothing. This is this is who we were. I mean, yeah. What do you want me to say? Well, I love that. Well, the honesty is great, and but you had fun playing. The passion is still there. We got to get you back here. Now the next goal is we got to get you down to Orlando at some time. Do you ever make it over to the East Coast or or not as much? M my brother lives there. Does still he? in Orlando. Still here. <laughs> okay. My brother lives there. So he went to school in California. He played at St. Mary's. Then he went to Europe, played, then he came back, and then they moved there. He recently moved there, like three years ago. So he's in, uh, I don't know the name of the town, but it's like 20 minutes from Orlando. That is fantastic. But I, ne have but I never, but I never, I never, I don't go there. My kids want to go there. <laughs> you just don't want to visit? No, no, I just don't. I just don't. Like, I'm busy right. with, with stuff here, whatever, so I never had the chance to go. But if I, Get you on if a plane. I go, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, yes, yes. And, and let's get you back to the arena. He's yeah. done enough traveling. He's just relaxing now. <laughs> just relaxing. I don't want yeah. you. Well, great to talk. Anything you need, please reach out. This has been fantastic catching up with you. And we wish you nothing but the best, Tariq. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a good Thank one, you. guys. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Tariq Abdul-Wahak. <laughs>